This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, sponsored by Hawthorne.co. So psyched that they're back with the Opie Radio Podcast. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E. Hawthorne.co. Promo code Opie to get 10% off your first purchase. Basically, it's personalized self-care. Hawthorne.co. Now on with the show. And we're off and running. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Benjamin Tucker... Rock star. That's what I say. What's up, Britt? First sip of coffee. Yum, yum, yum. Give me some. What's up, Lisa Connor and Randy from Geb Hearts on the Upper West Side, 72nd Street. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to squeeze this in before the rain hits again. It's been just terrible out here. Absolutely terrible. It's glorious out here, but the winters could be tough. And uh, with the coronavirus starting to spike once again in New York City... I don't think we're going back anytime soon. I think we're going to stay put 100 stars already. Thank you, whoever uh, gave me that. Vinny, thank you. Just because I fucking rule, you gave me 100 stars? Thank you. What's up, Shannon Johnson and Bo Anthony and Tim Wareheim and Paul Spinella and Vivek and Matthew? What's going on, man? John Cassidy, what's up? Uh, good fishing last night, though? Really? I, I want to do some of that night uh, night fishing. It's kind of cool. Last night, what were we watching? We were watching the uh, the Comedy Store documentary. I'll get into that in a second. But uh, then the dog had to go for a little walk. So uh, I went outside with a nice giant fucking flashlight. And it was really foggy out. And, um, and there were a couple uh, Jeeps on the beach with their headlights on just kind of shining shining down the beach and they were doing some of that night fishing they were going up and down the beach trying to see if they could see any action in the uh in the surf it's one thing i've never done uh that night fishing i got a neighbor a few houses away to my left and uh he wants to do some night fishing so maybe we'll do that get a little fire going maybe a java log (laughs) and do some of that night fishing but uh God, that Comedy Store documentary is so damn good. I hope you guys are watching it. It's on um, Showtime. I just watched the third episode last night. They did a decent job on Sam Kinison, but they certainly could have done more time on him. Sam Kinison was it for me. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Sam Kinison way back in the beginning of my radio career. I was uh, in Rochester, New York at the home of rock and roll. And um, I was uh, the jack of all trades. I did um, I did weekends on air. I did traffic traffic reports in the afternoon. I worked on um, production and did some commercials here and there. Some tags they're called this Sunday at nine p.m. That type of shit. And I learned programming from Stan Main. And I learned promotions from Mark Cronin. And I learned sales from Pete Coughlin, who really wanted to turn me into a sales guy. And Brother Wee said, don't you fucking dare. 
I told that story where I, I showed up uh, showed up at a um, a radio station function, and uh, I had a suit and tie on, and Weez looked at me like, "Bruh, you got to make a decision," because he knew I I loved being on the air, and I was new. You know, I I still had to learn a lot, and uh, Weez certainly took me under his wing, and he looked at me and basically said, "You know, you either wear or uh, wear a tie or don't." And I decided not to wear a tie. But I was lucky enough to um, to meet Sam Kinison. He was uh, very friendly, if not friends, with Brother Weeze. Every time he came into the area, he would camp out and do radio with Weeze for, like, days on end. And I was just a plea back then. And I got to be kind of in the inner circle for those, I think it was like two or three days uh, on that run. And we all got to hang out. And, you know, Sam's not giving me much attention. He gave me a picture, and he was definitely nice. But I observed, and uh, watching Sam Kinison work with Brother Weeze, that combination, it absolutely changed my life. And I realized I could do um, this radio thing much differently. Because before that, you're taught to just have the voice and not uh, show too much of your personality. And certainly, don't go to that line. Don't get edgy. And man, did I see uh, Sam Kinison jump over that line. Shocking, funny, sensitive. Definitely uh, went deep with his comedy and his emotions. And uh, that absolutely spoke to me and it it changed my life. But um, during the Comedy Store documentary uh, last night, they did a great job on on Sam Kinison and how he came out of uh, pretty much nowhere as a preacher and became... Some would say the greatest comic of all time as far as uh, his impact. I mean, he was selling out just crazy arenas. Then he uh, became kind of a rock star for a while and then dies tragically at the top of his career in that car crash from uh, Vegas to L.A. or L.A. to Vegas. I I forgot which way he was going. And Carl LeBeau told uh, the car crash story uh, last night. And uh, I... I know the car crash story almost word for word, but basically Sam Kinison was driving uh, a sports car with his uh, brand new wife, um, and there was a, I think it was a pickup truck coming the other way, and the pickup truck thought it could um, pass a uh, 18-wheeler, and he went for it. You know, we've all been in that situation where you see that car coming right at you, and then they, they're able to get back in their lane at the last second. I know a lot of you guys know this story, but maybe there's a, a few that don't. Uh, he, he, he mistimed it. He, he couldn't get around the, the Mack truck in time, so he uh, crashed into Sam Kinison's car that he was driving. Uh, head-on collision, terrible accident. And um, the rest of the guys that were on tour with Sam Kinison were in a van behind Sam. They jump out of the van. Sam Kinison's out of the car. Carla Bow has Sam Kinison in his arms. And next thing you know, Sam Kinison is basically talking basically saying, I don't want to die. And uh, Carl LeBeau goes, uh, you know, hang in there, buddy, or, or something like that. And and Carl LeBeau realizes, oh, my God, Sam Kinison is not talking to me. He's talking to somebody else, and he's looking into the distance, and he's listening, and he says something like, oh, like that, and kind of has a smile on his face and then goes, okay, 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 three times, and then dies in Carl LeBeau's um, arms. 
Now, what Carl added to the story last night on the Comedy Store documentary on Showtime was the fact that he felt Sam Kinison's entire being go rushing through him when he died. And he realized he was basically just holding a, uh, a vessel at that point. It wasn't his friend anymore. Holy shit. And I'm sorry if I just spoiled that for you, but uh, I had to talk about it. I cried like a baby when Sam Kinison died in the early 90s. He was, he was, uh, he was it for me for a while, man. Um, just terrible. And then it turns out, like, uh, Sam Kinison and, and Carl LeBeau were very, very close, very good friends, uh, toured together all the time. Sam Kinison's having an affair uh, with Carl LeBeau's wife behind Carl's back. Sam Kinison pretty much fucked anything that moved. He didn't give a shit. He had no loyalty when it came to that. And Carl LeBeau has to find out many, many years later that the girl, the daughter he was raising, was actually Sam Kinison's. Fucking nuts. Absolutely nuts. But uh, for me, Sam Kinison's in my top five of comedians of all time. Quick list would be Sam Kinison, uh, Bill Hicks, George Carlin. Uh, who else would I put on that list? I mean, you got to go Richard Pryor, right? So that's four already. I only have one spot left. But I used to hang out at that comedy store uh, when we were going to L.A. a lot. And then when I was living in L.A. for a short period of time in between radio gigs before we signed with Sirius XM. And uh, that place was just fucking awesome. And a little O&A trivia, too. When I was at BAB and Anthony's brother came knocking at the back door to give me a song parody about the O.J. Simpson trial, his band Rot Gut, and then I invited those guys onto the show to perform the song, and then, you know, it was obvious me and Anthony at the time had instant chemistry. I said at the time, because unfortunately, near the end of our run, we certainly didn't have that chemistry anymore, but um, I realized, holy fuck, there's something here. And uh, short story, I, I, I tried to get BAB to hire Anthony and move us up, and they weren't uh, seeing it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going somewhere else. So I got job offers in Dallas and Boston, and we famously took the Boston gig at WAF, the only station that really rocks. I don't know why I'm uh, talking sing songy. I'm sorry. But then it was time to move to Boston and do afternoon drive. And we pretty much started our Boston run by flying to L.A. and doing uh, live shows from the Comedy Store. Pretty much right on the sidewalk. If you're watching the Comedy Store documentary or if you know of that space, there's an outdoor space right in front there on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, there's there's kind of a uh, like a curve. It curves and that's where... The entrance is, and then the other, you know, if you curve the other way, that's the sidewalk right on the corner there, but it's a curve. That's where me and Anthony pretty much uh, started our run together in Boston. We uh, we sat there for a couple days interviewing pretty much everybody. It was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But I liked the comedy store. Dice took me there many, many times. Um, I got to hang out in the kitchen, which is a place to, you know, the comics hang out when they're uh, not on stage yet. And they also hang out in the back parking lot, just trying to make each other laugh, trying to see who the funniest uh, comic is. 
And Dice would call me up from time to time, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just hanging out. He's like, come to the comedy store. And then we would just hang for hours and hours on end. That's where I met Joe Rogan, too, for the first time. Uh, At this point, it was around 2002. We got fired for the Sex for Sam thing. And uh, I needed some time. So I I was kind of hanging out in L.A. at my agent's house. We we talked about that. And, uh, And Rogan was at the comedy store, and he came up to me. And I thanked him because he was one of the few that tried to defend us with that whole Sex for Sam thing. I think he wrote a blog at the time. I'm trying to remember. But he uh, he was beyond cool. He uh, obviously was a fan of what me and Anthony were doing way, way back then. And uh, I never forgot it because he came up to me. He searched me out when he found out I was there just to you know talk to me about uh, the radio show and... Uh, how it was just complete bullshit that we got fired for the goddamn thing. You know, because it was corporate America, man. Because to this day, we did not um, break any FCC uh, regulations with the Sex for Sam stunt. But corporate America wasn't having it. And that's why they had to get rid of us. But So anyway, that's uh, that was my night, man. Just checking out the Comedy Store documentary on Showtime. It was so fucking good. Loved it. Ugh, fuck the FCC? Yeah. No, not really. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, the FCC is just stupid. They don't know what they're doing. There was so much money to be made in regular radio, and now these uh, these radio companies are, are selling their properties, their radio stations, for pennies on the dollar. The FCC shut down anything that could possibly be interesting on regular radio. And allowed uh, satellite radio and podcasting to just uh, leap uh, leapfrog past them. So yeah, I guess fuck the FCC. The box of cocks is one of my favorite bits of all time. If you need to know, we did a bit. This was when Bill Burr was a regular for a couple weeks while Jimmy was out in L.A. doing uh, Lucky Louie. Or yeah, was it Lucky Louie? Lucky Louie with Louis C.K. And we, uh, we invited Bill Burr to kind of be uh, on the show for a while until Jimmy got back. And we did something called um, sidewalk uh, fishing. And basically, we, uh, we set up a box. This was our favorite one. We would just throw, like, sex toys down on the sidewalk because we were getting all sorts of stuff in the mail from everybody that wanted to promote on our show. Or fans would just send in, like, sex toys thinking, you know... I know the guys could do something with this. <laughs> so we had like we had boxes of just crazy ass shit in our office. Anyway, we would just uh, we would just throw like sex toys around the sidewalk um, on 57th Street, which is really a very busy street in New York City. And uh, and we would look out the windows with our microphones. We would be about uh, I'm trying to remember five or six stories up. It was perfect. And then we would just uh, do play-by-play as, as people were walking by it and, and realizing, is that, a, is that a double dong dildo on the sidewalk? And some would pick it up and stare at it and look at it. Others would avoid it like it was the plague. And then every once in a while, somebody, whether it was a girl or a man, would pick up a sex toy and just try to discreetly put it in their briefcase or something. And we would be laughing our asses off because the whole thing was on the radio. But anyway, the box of cocks was our favorite sidewalk fishing bit. We uh, we <laughs> we got a box, and we just put on the side of it free puppies. 
So if you see a box on the sidewalk that just says free puppies, you're going to look. And uh, inside the box was just the most horrific uh, porno pictures with guys completely erect. BlueChew.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, to try it for free. But inside the box were, were guys that were uh, very, uh, very turgent. And uh, and these people would open up the box thinking there were free puppies in there. And they got it. You know, curiosity got the best of them. And they would open up the lid to, to realize there were no puppies, but just tons and tons of pictures of cocks. And they would be horrified. This was all before the Me Too movement, everybody. You're not allowed to do any of this anymore. Oh, thank you. All right, hold on. I got to go back in comments. Comments are working a little better today. Uh, let me start with Ken Gregory. Good morning. Oh, saw your, saw your United Areas of America video making the rounds on Twitter yesterday. Ken Gregory. Oh, yeah, right on. That's um, Patrice O'Neill, like, broke down uh, America. And uh, basically, he, he broke it down to, what was it, like four or five states is all we need. We don't need all 50 states. And can, can I see a map, please? Because I could do this with a map. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see a map. Because I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you what doesn't. I've been uh, in. God damn. It, it's, 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 it makes a lot of sense. It, it's, it's just like subdivisions. Texas gets Louisiana, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Kansas, and Colorado. Sucked in by fucking Texas. <laughs> One big Texas. California, which would be Los Angeles, gets Nevada, Arizona, and Utah. Colorado gets sucked in by Texas. Colorado don't get because Denver. Denver is a bad motherfucker, but you just it's just not enough. Washington and Oregon split. Montana, North Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota, Wyoming, and Idaho will now be called Portland. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> now we have right, moving on. we have Chicago. Okay. Illinois will Chicago will be now consist of Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, and Missouri. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What about Michigan we and Wisconsin? Michigan's in there. All of that is now okay. called Chicago. Chicago. Right. New York will be Pennsylvania. No. What happened? To Wait a minute. No, no. New York will be. Shit. Jersey. New York will no. be New England and Connecticut. Holy shit! Oh, so. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wait, start from the. No, wait. You got this figured out. Go to the top. Go to Maine and work your way down now. You got the Boston thing figured because out. New York is so important. Yes. It, Why it doesn't should, it New should York be as swallow? Up? It should be as as big as swallowing up. Hold on, I got it. Texas. I Texas got it too. New I got York it. Should eat Ohio and Michigan and uh, Rhode Island and Connecticut and right. Jersey and and Maine. You give Boston. us Rhode Island and let's take New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. Uh, as as New England and right. Boston. Yeah, you just we're take taking, that shit over. We're taking fucking parts of Canada. Professor Patrice, what yes. happens to the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry? They, they got to get together. Yeah. And, yeah. and wait. How is that going to happen? We can have, wait a minute, we can have still have sports. I'm talking about, look it, there's going to be some, some shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to maybe, wait a second, because football, basketball, all these things are old, too. We should start to develop some new, more powerful sports. <laughs> more powerful. Some fucking sports For example. That, that where these seven motherfuckers Big that play ass, or whatever, yeah. it's some major shit going yeah. on.
Big and it'll time. be wait, we can instead of eleven guys playing football, let's have thirty three <laughs> on each side. Let's fucking how big is the field? <laughs> Humongous, nigga. Imagine how big the one in Texas is gonna be. <laughs> we can just turn it fucking we can turn Iowa into a fucking a stadium. <laughs> just for sports. Uh, All right, so New York takes everything above it and Jersey. And we make Miami will be mm. Miami will be Alabama. It Georgia. Will, it will be South Carolina. Mm. It will be uh, Tennessee. And North Carolina gets to survive. North Carolina will be part of D.C. So D.C. now will be made of Virginia. North Carolina, West Virginia, and Kentucky. <laughs> that will be called Charlotte. Or no, DC Town. That DC will be town. DC Town. DC Town. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I'm I'm yes. in. I like this. Yes. I like I like big change like that. <laughs> oh my god. That's good. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm in. Actually when do we vote on this and referendum? And we erase this shitty fucking oh, these a, lines. All those imaginary lines have uh, to go. All stupid. Of that shit. We make new imaginary lines because we can. <laughs> and 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 you know what? And we shut down all those shitty highways. Those halfway. It's just mm -hmm. a big ninety-five Major. that shoots. Through a big ass, a big ass 580, a big ass one, and you just you fucking deal with that, and you make the fucking highways 50 lanes, <laughs> and and that's the infrastructure. Just big. That's Everything's got to be big. 50 lanes. 50 lanes. Be really confusing. If you change yeah, it get over to, to the right. The United Areas of America. <laughs> United, <laughs> United Areas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What about the, what about the new slavery? If you're changing the whole fucking Subject, thing. Subjugation? Yeah, Come on, that's just a people thing. I'm, we, not, I'm not trying to say you should go. What state do we get the new slaves from? He's just if you had to. If you had to. This is if you had to. Holy shit. We're starting over and we're and we're making these humongous states. Might need slaves to build the 50 lane highways. Borders are being changed. You can't bring back slavery. No, motherfucker, we finally got them. Who's going to build the 50 lane highways? What state we get the slaves from? Oh, wow. And services. We sacrifice one state and take all our slaves from there. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, you you had to have me think for a minute. Okay. Put that back up there. This is called a if you had to scenario. Okay, here's the situation. We need people. Out of build. the new state of Seattle. Was it Portland or Seattle? Uh, Portland. Po out, of yeah. po out of the new state of Portlandville. Right. You're right. Who's the weakest state? Who would you say is the oh, weakest shit. link state? I'm, I'm saying right away Idaho. Bam, they the slaves. <laughs> 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 now this makes me very happy hawthorne.co is back with the opie radio podcast they are a personalized self-care routine for you my friends use the promo code opie at checkout o-p-i-e um man they make it really really easy first of all they have a quiz on their website so you take the quiz and they ask you stuff like How's your hair? Is it oily? Is it dry? How's your skin? Is it oily? Is it dry? Is it this? Is it that? And then they ask you some personalized uh, questions about your nightlife and whatnot. And then they go, okay, we got enough information. And then they suggest personalized products for you. Last time I did this, I got a really nice cologne and a really nice deodorant. This time around, because I haven't had a haircut uh, since March 13th, I went with the shampoo and the conditioner. At 
the very least, go to their website, hawthorne.co, and take the quiz. It's fun. It's easy. And then they're going to suggest some products for you. If you want to upgrade your self-care routine, Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically for your needs. Hawthorne even takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. And if you don't like your products, they'll even retailer them for you based on your feedback. Do me a favor. Go to their website and check it out for yourself and take the quiz. Hawthorne.co. Use the promo code OPIE. O-P-I-E. That's Hawthorne.co. Promo code OPIE to get 10% off your first purchase. Now back to the podcast. OP Radio. Oh, my God. And then, um, you know, we, we carved a pumpkin last night. Some regular life stuff. It was fun. I enjoyed it. We found a uh, we found a pumpkin that was reasonably priced. I told the story. We went to the place we call the Fruit Lady, so we get some fresh uh, vegetables and fruit for our smoothies. I try to make the kids a, a healthy smoothie in between them eating Lucky Charms and everything else that's sugary in the goddamn house. And uh, we put a couple pumpkins on the uh, the counter. The one pumpkin was five bucks. It was a small pumpkin. I'm like, all right, five bucks, whatever. And then there was a larger pumpkin, and the guy goes, that'll be $18. I'm like, are you fucking out of your mind? I raised my voice. I'm like, who the hell is paying $18 for this pumpkin? And he's like, yeah, I I agree with He goes, I forgot to tell you this part. He leaned over. He goes, I agree with you, but it's 99 cents a pound. I'm like, 99 cents a pound. So this pumpkin was 18 pounds, which isn't really a big pumpkin. And I'm like, yeah, take it off my fucking bill. I'll go somewhere else and get a, a pumpkin even bigger than that for way cheaper. So I went to the dumb stu- uh, um, uh, supermarket, excuse me, and got a pumpkin. I think it was like six, maybe seven for the exact same size. I hate being ripped off. And yeah, we baked the seed. Did you just say bake the seeds? The most overrated activity ever. We did, um, you know, the kids wanted to bake the seeds, but I think that is a dumb fall activity. You you eat one pumpkin seed and then you're like this is terrible. Like I've said in the past, if it was if it was good, you would be baking pumpkin seeds all year long. That's why in general turkey sucks. If you only have turkey once a year for Thanksgiving, then how good could it possibly be? The rest of the year the the turkeys are safe, no one's really eating it. Nothing pumpkin ever good. I'm I'm with you. Well, I don't know, man. Those jackos from Sam Adams have gotten the best of me. They're they're delish. They're delish. <laughs> I do that just to be a dick and drive people nuts. But they're good. But I don't. Even, but they're not a actual uh, pumpkin flavor, right? Another thing Carl taught me, and I wish I was listening closely, but he basically said, uh, you know, the pumpkin flavor is made up. It's not even a real flavor. They just call it pumpkin flavor. Because I think it's made from uh, some of those other fall vegetables. And I hate saying fall vegetables because I hate fall vegetables. Go to a restaurant and like, and uh, we got some nice fall uh, fall vegetables for your steak as a side. I'm like, ew, no. Squash, zucchini. What's some of those other fall vegetables? 
I hate them all. What's up, Scott Watson with the 100 stars? What about cider and eggnog? I enjoy a good cider. Absolutely. Uh, allergic to the uh, the old apples. But then my allergist finally told me, you're allergic to apples, but if, it, if they're cooked, you know, have at it. You're good. You could have apple pie. You just can't bite into an apple. So the same is uh, true with the cider. So I enjoy my ciders in general. I enjoy a non-alcoholic apple cider as well. Uh, big thumbs up on the, the ciders and the apple ciders. Huge thumbs up. And eggnog, not so much. Eggnog is stupid. And it's viscousy. Is that a word, viscousy? I hate eggnog. Hey, would you like some eggnog? No. Sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage. Is that more of those fall vegetables? Why are you triggering me? God, I hate fall vegetables. They're so fucking bad. I was going to call them stupid. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, Benjamin Tucker. Eggnog tastes like snot. Viscery we're going with? I like some mushrooms, though. I don't know if mushrooms would be in the uh, fall vegetable category. Actually, when I, I, I get thrown some fall vegetables, they try to sneak them in, I'll pick and uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll eat the mushrooms and then leave the rest to fucking die. You eat the mushrooms all the time. Squash, yuck, exactly. Mushroom on pizza, yes, yes. Mushroom, uh, mushrooms on pizza. I go fresh tomatoes on my pizza. I go pepperoni on my pizza. I go sausage on my pizza. Um, no onions, no olives. Fucking stupid olives. Especially black olives on a pizza. No. How could a green olive taste so delicious and a black olive taste like shit? Stupid olives. That's going to trigger me. You guys know. It used to, it used to make Carl laugh. I went to, uh, I went to Greece. Went on a, a, a Greek cruise way, way back in, I don't know, right before we got fired in 2002. I was living the life. I uh, went to Turkey. I went to Greece. And all I can remember from that trip was, oh, yeah, I don't like this girl. And also, God, everywhere we go, they talk about olives. Enough about the olives. Show me some ruins and stop talking about the goddamn olives and the olive trees. They're a bit obsessed with it over there. It's just a stupid olive. That's it. Let's not make a fuss. It's just a dumb olive. Pineapple and sausage on your pizza, you're nuts. You know what, though? (sighs) I know Carl was obsessed with the pineapple on the pizza, but you know what? It's pretty goddamn tasty. You get get a little little sweet with your salt. That's a perfect combination, my brothers and sisters. Yeah, martini. That's right, uh, Rachel. Uh, A little martini, a little dirty martini with a little extra olive juice and that big giant green olive. With that dumb fucking red thing in the middle of it? Who invented that? Oh, we got to put these dumb red things in the middle of the green olive. But uh, that's pretty tasty. I like that. I like that a lot. 
Pinkies out, bitches. Love you, Mr. Carl. What is the red thing? I think it's the, uh, what is it, a pimento? Who the fuck dis- discovered the pimento? Oh, look at this. Let's call it a pimento. And let's chop it up. I'm assuming they just chop it up into tiny things. And we'll shove it into the green olives. Wow, people uh, had a lot of time on their hands. Who the fuck had enough time on their hands to discover the pimento and then decide it'll it'll pair perfectly with a green olive in a goddamn martini? That person did not get laid. Now you're starving? Well, have some pizza for breakfast. Every once in a while, my kids go, uh, Dad, can I have uh, a slice of pizza? And it's like 8 in the morning. And my wife looks around and I go, fuck yeah, have a, have a slice of pizza. It's better than having Lucky Charms. There should be no rules for breakfast. Eat whatever the hell you want. So I say yes every time. Others would say, no, that's not breakfast. Oh, but, uh, but uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is? Uh, Reese Puffs, yeah, we got a box of that actually in the house. We got all the breakfast cereals in the house and I just... I just struggle throughout the day. I'm always like wandering around looking for something. I open up the cupboard and there's all those goddamn sugary cereals that led to my bitch tits a few years back. And I don't want to go back to bitch tits ever. So I have to close that goddamn cupboard. And then I pick up one of those tiny, those tiny little oranges. Those stupid tiny little, sometimes they're called clementines. And it's hit or miss. They look delicious in the supermarket. They're in that netting and and you bring them home. And uh, you'll peel one and it'll be just almost like natural candy. And then the next time you buy them, they're filled with seeds and they're dried up. It's another thing that drives me nuts. Because there's no rhyme or reason to that shit. Yeah, the halos. I wish they would just say on the goddamn netting, yeah, this is a bad batch. Don't get these. Because you never know. I can't tell you how many of those tiny little oranges I've thrown out over the years. Expecting a a nice sweet treat and and instead just get some dried up mess. Like grandma vagina. What? Did I just say that out loud? Alright, let's take that one back, alright? Let's get rid of that in editing. Hi, seagull! You gotta say hi to the seagulls. So, there's a line of houses here at the ocean. We're all lined up. And the seagulls like to use the houses, um, I don't know, to fly. I don't know. It probably has something to do with the, 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 the lift in their wings and the wind. I don't know. But they use the houses like it's a, like it's, um, a highway. So they fly right over you all day long, this time of day and then uh, as the sun's going down. And uh, I say hi to the seagulls because some of these fuckers absolutely will purposely try to shit on you. I told the story of a few, uh, I don't know, it might be a few months now, but I was minding my own business sitting on my deck. And a seagull comes by and just lets loose and it just, just crushes me. The whole front of my shirt. And my sweatpants just got uh, bird poo on it. So that's why I say hi to the seagulls now. You want them on your goddamn side.
I think I might have shocked a few people with the grandma line. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, this Trump. Oh, boy. Trump uh, at a rally famously said, if I listened to the scientists, we would be in a depression. And uh, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But the fact is, you know, a lot of people trusted what Trump had to say about the coronavirus. He knew it was way worse than he was letting on to. But he knew that uh, he wanted to keep the economy going. He wanted to keep his popularity going. He wanted to keep his presidency going. So, uh, once again, you're looking at a politician. He's not the first, and he's certainly not going to be the last, that lied lied through his fucking teeth for his own fucking agenda. Sadly, there are people out there that can't make... uh, Make up, make uh, their own decisions. So that they, they, they really do listen to these people. <sighs> Fuck! It just pisses me off. And then you, then they uh, did a piece on uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, you know now, uh, Dr. Fauci's the devil. You know Trump is even going against him because it, it goes against what he needs, which is to have everything opened up, all our kids back at school, the economy running smoothly. That's all well and good, but. The fact is, way more people are going to get sick and die. And that's basically what Fauci's trying to say. And for, for him to say that, he is now the devil. He needs security detail for telling the goddamn truth. That's insane. And listen, it's not a Trump bashing. It's more of a, a bashing of um, politicians in general. I'm sure Joe Biden's telling his own lies. I'm sure if Joe Biden becomes president, he'll tell his own lies. That's why I always say I hate them all. And then the other thing, uh, football. My God, where are we at with football? I had a couple football tweets over the weekend. And uh, a bunch of people came at me and said, you watch that Shiite. They spelled it that way, too. You watch that Shiite. I guess we're not supposed to watch football because uh, some of the players kneeled or something like that, right? So now we're not supposed to enjoy our football. We're all supposed to get on the same page and not enjoy football in the fall, especially when uh, we can't really do much of anything. And it's our one escape from what the hell's going on in the real world. We're not supposed to sit down and watch football now. Why? Tell me why? I never gave a shit about what an athlete had to say. Simple as that. I actually respected Michael Jordan. If you know anything about Michael Jordan, back in the day, um, there were a lot of black athletes uh, that were very, very outspoken and very, very political. And they were trying to get uh, Jordan to speak out about politics and what's going on uh, and what was going on in society and and in our country. And Jordan famously said, fuck that. I don't know if the exact quote was fuck that. I think his quote was something like, uh, what was his quote? Uh, Help help me out, sports fans. I think his quote was, um, Republicans buy Nikes too, or something like that. He knew if he spoke out politically, it would hurt his business interests. And he was being completely honest about it. And boy, they, they were fucking pissed off at Michael Jordan. Because he had such a reach. But he's like, fuck that, man. You know, I'm in this for the money. 
I'm in this for the business. And, uh, you know, I'm in this because I'm an entertainer. People like to watch me play. And I'm not stupid, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And I respected that. And as a fan of sports, I don't give a fuck. For the most part, I don't give a fuck what LeBron James says or does when he's off the basketball court. I don't give a fuck. I just want to watch basketball. I love the NBA. And then Trump's at a rally. uh, You know, the ratings were down, like, dramatically. And he thinks the ratings were down dramatically because uh, a lot of the players spoke out. That's simply not the truth. The ratings were down dramatically because the product was tough to watch. It's kind of weird to watch NBA players in an empty gym with screens with uh, with fans, you know, in the background. It, it, it wasn't the same. It, it shows you how important it is to be a spectator at these sports. Because I was watching, and I love the NBA, and I love uh, the playoffs because they really ramp up their games, and they try way harder, and they're moving way faster and quicker. And, and it was tough to get into. Uh, matter of fact, I didn't even uh, watch the final game. Uh, I watched a lot of the playoffs, but in the end, I was like, eh, you know. And then I woke up and saw that the Lakers won the championship. But that's why the ratings truly are down. I don't think there's enough people out there that are boycotting the NBA or boycotting the NFL because of what these idiots are saying or doing. I don't believe that for a second. But I never gave a shit. I never gave a shit if they were uh, taking steroids, matter of fact. But what about the children? I'm like, who gives a fuck? I'm now a parent. Guess what? I talk about this shit with my kids. But they're role... Are they role models? No, they're not. They don't give a fuck about you or your kid. They give a a fuck about the next home run they're going to hit. And they're hoping it's 600 feet from the fucking plate. I loved when uh, Mark McGuire looked like a monster. I absolutely loved that. I didn't give a fuck. He was on steroids. Every home run was amazing because he was all pumped up on, on the roids. So, you know, to the people that are like, they can't believe I'm watching football, you go fuck yourself. I don't give a fuck if they all kneel. How about that? Because I, cause I, don't, I, don't, I don't know them personally. If they're going to give me a good game, then fucking kneel. I don't give a fuck. It is America. You're, you're supposed to uh, express your views. And then there's a whole argument that you're insulting the military, and that's not true if you really uh, do some research on the on the, the whole goddamn thing. Oh, yeah, Desiree, uh, Desiree, oh, see, this, uh, Desiree Peck says, I work in a hospital, I could tell you it's real, the coronavirus. Of course it's real. The big news now is, in my circle, is what the fuck do we do for the, the Halloween with these kids? What the fuck do we do? I'm not going to lie to you. If they're all wearing masks, that's not the worst thing in the world, right? It at least forces everyone to wear a goddamn mask. But what do we do? Do we do the trick-or-treating? What are you guys doing? Uh, If you have kids, what are you doing with the Halloween? You're going to say fuck it and just let the kids uh, trick-or-treat? I was thinking of driving around. We used to drive around because when I was growing up, we lived on a very busy road. Although my mom, you know, with the seven, eight, nine kids, I'm sure she secretly was hoping that we would uh, trick-or-treat on the busy road, knock down uh, the numbers a little bit, (laughs) so she wouldn't have to burn as many credit card bills in the wood-burning stove, (laughs) less calls to the priest, 
you told me to have these goddamn kids. Now I need help. So I bet you she was secretly hoping that we would trick or treat on the the busy road. <laughs> but uh, but that allowed us to go to the really nice neighborhoods, and we would pack up the Volkswagen bus without the seats. I've explained that, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, we had no uh, we had no uh, seats. We had bench seats in the Volkswagen bus that were taken out. I don't know why. I've said over the years uh, so we could get more kids in the Volkswagen bus, but I don't even know if that's the God's honest truth. But uh, we would uh, sit in the back of the Volkswagen bus, and where the uh, seat belts were attached to the uh, the bottom of the uh, the Volk- Volkswagen bus, we would hold on for dear life as we drove around. That is a true story. We would we would uh, pile into the Volkswagen bus and go to the go to the nice neighborhoods to get the nice candy, and it was fun because uh, when I was growing up, it actually was cold in October. For you youngsters out there, you can't comprehend this, but uh, there was a time in my life that it was actually cold in October, and your the, your finger uh, tips would get really really fucking cold. And, uh, and you didn't want to wear a coat or anything because you wanted to show off your really cheap fucking costume. We didn't even have uh, a lot of choices for costumes back then. We had that dumb plastic mask that they molded into any, anything you wanted to be, whether it was like uh, the president at the time or a ghost. It was the exact same mask with a slight twist on the, on the molding of the goddamn thing. But it was really cold. So when we jumped into the Volkswagen bus to go uh, trick-or-treating, it was it was a nice luxury. I'm not going to lie to you. You jump out of the car, you run up to the the houses that were giving the full size uh, Snickers bars away, and then you jump back into the into the Volkswagen bus to get warm. It was nice. I like that. But we don't know what we're going to do for uh, trick or treating. We don't know. I mean, you can't just tell the kids there's no Halloween. The world is a vampire. God, I love that song. Good for you, whoever. Uh, Whoever put that in the comments. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in the cage. Smashing pumpkins on your home of rock and roll. They had some great songs, man. Smashing pumpkins were all right in my book. I was very excited. I I think I told this story, but Billy, uh, the lead singer, he came in. And on Twitter, he got Billy. That's how famous he is. Before the uh, appearance, uh, we were told that he was a big fan of the Opie and Anthony show. And I was like, oh, my God, the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins is a big fan of the Opie and Anthony show. And I'm a big fan of the Smashing Pumpkins. This is going to be amazing. And I'm thinking we're going to become instant friends because if I'm a big fan of your band and you're a big fan of my radio show, well, we need to hang out. Long story short, he came in and I started kind of going down that road and... uh, it was pretty obvious that uh, not only was he not a big fan of the Opie and Anthony show, I don't think he ever heard of us before he walked in that studio. <laughs> so no friendship for the kid. <laughs> no friendship with a rock star for me. <laughs> My God. Oh, the bullshit and the lies they, they, they would tell you to get you all pumped up. But they're going to just bitch about anything. There are so many fucking boats right in front of my house. Right in front of my goddamn house. That's sort of how they say house in uh, Philly, if you've been wondering. And I've been obsessed with saying house like that since I started uh, dating my now wife. 
and I got so many friends and family in Philly. And when I'm hanging around and they say the word house, it I just love it. And they think I'm making fun of them. And they also will tell me that's not how we say it. <laughs> but to me, that's how it sounds. So when you hear me say house, it's uh, it's an homage to uh, to my Philly people. So, And then they say water or something like that, water. The best one ever, though, is uh, a crown. A crown? Yeah, can you pass the crown? What the fuck is a crown? Hume and Foon. Foon. I think they say Foon. Yeah, I sort of uh, could could do like the Philly accent. I could sort of do it. Water. Yeah, they say water. Jennifer Ferris is right. But does anyone know? We'll, we'll leave with this and I'll stay on until we get the answer. Yeah, okay, we got it already. Becky, uh, of course Becky got it. Becky Heron, who's a fucking soldier. She posts all sorts of shit on our Facebook group. She picks out uh, fun episodes that she's liked in the past and reposts them. And uh, and uh, I, I noticed, Becky, and I really appreciate everything you do. And you're, you're certainly a, a soldier for me and the podcast and the pod squad and everything else. And I, I want to thank you today. And she came up with it. Yes, it's crayon. They say crown for crayon in Philly. And I go, what the fuck? And I'm from Long Island. I fight on uh, this Long Island accent every single day. Every single day I fight because it gets really lazy. The Long Island accent is brutal. When I got into this dumb uh, radio thing, I uh, I taught myself how to get rid of my own Long Island accent. But then when we moved back to New York and did the whole WNEW thing, and I've been back in New York now uh, too many years to count. Over 20 years now I've been back? Holy fuck. That's crazy. Um, unfortunately, the New York slash Long Island accent is creeping back in, and I fight it every single day. Your mouth gets very lazy when you uh, live on Long Island. Long Island. Half the time they look at you, did you just have a stroke? I'm like, no, I'm just from Long Island. Oh, okay, because I thought you had a stroke. No, I just, you know, this is how we talk in Long Island. <laughs> it's just the worst. All right, guys, I'm babbling. Brian Parnas, good to see you, buddy. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-